Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap, round three preview for Mayakoba Golf Classic. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. And Greg, there is only one question that we need to answer. Is this the week? Is it over? <laughs> is, is the Puerto Rico Open curse coming to an end in two days? Oh, this pains me to say. Pains <laughs> me to say. It kills me. It's a knife in the heart. But no, this is not the week. This is not the week. I'm stunned. Look, I thought you for sure were going to say yes. Yeah, of course. So you want to jump on the bandwagon. It's the fun <laughs> thing to say, right? It, it has a similar feel to like a Puerto Rico Open, same kind of grass. Yeah. Like the story makes the story just makes way too much sense. Of course, Finau or Hovland is yep. going to win this tournament, right? Of, of course they are. But I think the late struggles of Hovland is kind of look, if I'm if I'm Tony Finau and I'm sitting here watching, I'm leading the way, right? I'm thinking, all right, who's below me? Who are the guys I got to watch out for? Victor Hovland's number one on the list. Mm. And and you see him bogeying 10 and 11. It's look, it doesn't put him out of it, but all of a sudden he's not the guy you got to watch out for because Emiliano Grillo is the guy you got to watch out for. So I, I, I don't think this is the week. I think there's too many other guys right in the mix that are going to get it done. So if you're wondering uh, what we're talking about, uh, it's the Puerto Rico Open curse. This is the curse that no winner of the Puerto Rico Open has ever won another PGA Tour event after winning the Puerto Rico Open. I believe we were at uh, a couple weeks ago when I ran the numbers, we were at 1131 uh, events played by like the 13 winners of the Puerto Rico Open. Obviously, uh, Victor Hovland and Tony Finau have a chance. Uh, before we hop into this leaderboard, uh, don't forget, leave a five-star rating and review. Say something nice about the show. Ask a question. We love it, and we will address any questions that we get on the show as well. So we kind of talked about Tony Finau a little bit, trying to trying to break this curse, Greg. Uh, but I think the big thing is he's using this new putter this week. I don't know if you've seen it. It's it's, yeah. it's a very unique looking flat stick. The hosel. Um, it not only goes into the middle of the face, but it also goes almost like a half inch behind the. It's almost, it's a very awkward position, and I guess this is trying to help him not miss left, which appears to be what his miss is when he's on the greens. So it's funny with putter technology, because it's one of those things that is, I would say of all the golf clubs, it's the least technology based kind of club, right? So there, there's very little there. There's very, aside from being face balanced or whatever, there's very little new tech that's introduced in putting. And if there, if there is, it's te- it tends to be slower moving. Um, I mean, if you saw somebody putting with a bullseye or an 8802 on the greens, you may think that's unique, but I don't know if you would think that's a disadvantage. So when somebody goes the other way, 
it um look it, these these options are just they're things that can work and it, they're everybody has a putter that's going to work best for them and you got to find the method that works best for you and I, what i love about it for tony is he's not afraid to experiment he's found something that seems to be working um but i will say this rick and I, i'd love to know if you agree the, this isn't the question with fino it's not is he can he putt well enough to win it's not can he hit it well enough to win it's it's not whether he can get in contention after two rounds <laughs> right the the tony fino conversation doesn't really get resolved on friday night ever <laughs> no. doesn't answer no question is answered yet <laughs> right no. so we're gonna have to talk about this on sunday even if he shoots 65 tomorrow even if he's this this we're not talking about this tomorrow night either the thing this conversation can only be discussed on Friday night, on the Sunday back, night, Sunday. Yes, night, my, the back yeah. nine on Sunday is where the curse and uh, really starts to rear its ugly head. The other guy trying to break it, you mentioned Victor Hovland. We don't have to spend too much time on him because I do want to get to the guy who's in the lead. Uh, but he was absolutely rolling on Friday. He birdied two, three, five, seven, eight, nine. And then he gave back uh, strokes on 10 and 11. And now with, uh, as we record this, he's got a couple of holes to play, but he hasn't made another birdie since. So uh, he was the hottest golfer on the course uh, until all of that momentum stopped at 10 and 11. Yeah. When, so earlier in the day, you see Fien, what Fina is doing, you're watching him, you're saying, Ooh, and the first thing that comes to mind, as you know, Rick is the curse, right? The first thing we talked about, <laughs> it comes today. into my mind before the tournament starts, my friend, right? <laughs> What's going to happen with the curse of the Puerto Rico? open so now all of a sudden victor hovland i would say the 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 next best maybe the best but these two guys are the they have the best chance of ending the curse if, if you're hoping for the curse to end these two guys are your are your two main lifelines we are expecting them both to break it um and now all of a sudden he goes out and after bogey in the first hole that's quickly forgotten because he ends up shooting 31 on the front nine um, which was just spectacular. A three birdie streak, a two birdie streak, another birdie on hole number five. It was um, it was remarkable. And then it cooled off a little bit and tapered off. But I will say this. If he was just three under today and it came in with three birdies and no bogeys, would you be concerned at all? Would you be? Because it feels right now like he's going backwards. So there's concern, right? Right. right. If you if you if it was uh, Friday morning and you said, "Hey, would you like to sign up for a, a what sixty nine or sixty eight, whatever 68. this is?" Yeah. yeah. Uh, would you take it? He'd probably say yes. Uh, but it, it feels it feels much different. You're right, because he's backing <laughs> away. So look, I, I I'm all I'm saying is I don't think he's out of the tournament by any means. If, if he gets in these next two holes and. Um, and even maybe one under or something like that. I think you call this another solid round uh, and you're right there in position. And now it all comes down to the weekend, just like it does for Fino. Same is true for every everybody in the field. It's going to come down to what happens in the next two rounds. But you've gotten yourself in position, which is a, a huge thing. Emiliano Grillo uh, is trying to open up a gap on the rest of the field. Again, as we are talking, he's played 14 holes. He's two shots clear of Tom Hoagie, Tony Finau. He's 11 under par, so that means he is six under currently in his Friday round. This should be no surprise, Greg. He's someone we talked about on Monday. We talked about him all week long. He had the best average finishing position of any golfer who had played at least three, who had played at Mayakoba at least three times. He loves it here, and he is showing it once again. Absolutely. And I get a little bit worried when I see a guy like this, like Emiliano Grillo, who's as good as he is, as talented as he is from tee to green. This makes me a little bit nervous heading into the weekend. If I'm a chaser, he is not the guy that 
look, he's not necessarily a player you're thinking is, um, is it's not like Justin Thomas is in the lead, right? You don't feel great about it, but you, you, this guy's a strong player. And with his T to green talent, I'm a little bit worried chasing him that he may, he may do what, um, kind of what we saw last, the last tournament at the RSM where, uh, Stewart's kind of running away. Or, I'm sorry. It's not stupid. Who won the RSM, Rick? I'm drawing a huge blank here. Uh, that wasn't Brian Gay. That was not his week. It was no, nope. It it was uh, what Streb, Robert Streb. Oh my gosh, Robert Streb. The disrespect, Robert. <laughs> I mean, no disrespect. I I just Brian I Stewart and him. They kind of confused with Chris Stroud all the time. So yeah, I, you you weren't right. you weren't getting any help from me on that. I I I'm, I apologize. <laughs> But if I'm telling you, if Grillo gets a couple more birdies, he gets to 13 under. Everybody's like kind of saying, well, okay, he's getting close to running away with it, which is exactly what we talked about with Robert Streb. Um, so I, I don't know. It's if it ended right now, which is a great line, if he ends at 11 under, is probably a better way to say it. And he's got a two shot lead over Hoagie and Finau, it's wide open. But if he starts to get to 13, 14 in these last couple of holes, um, then I think it's real trouble for everybody else. You mentioned Justin Thomas, and uh, JT had a bit of a uh, revival on Friday, and he uh, was absolutely scorching, and he still is. He has two holes to play. I mean, he is uh, currently six under, which means he's in a tie for 17th. He's got a couple of holes to go, but he opens his uh, Friday with a birdie on two, an eagle on five, a birdie on six. He makes the turn, gets two more at 11 and 12, and then he bogeys. The par five 13th, one of the easiest holes on the golf course from the middle of the fairway, which is like this, this, this is still going to be a special round, but it could have been a really, really low one, uh, for JT who, as I just am talking about, it makes bogey on 17 and drops to four under par. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You're in that space where you're watching early in the day and you're saying, okay, he makes Eagle, he makes Eagle and all you're saying, okay, I feel pretty good about it making the cut. And then next thing you know, you're saying, wait a second. Justin Thomas gets a little bit closer and all you got to worry about him winning the tournaments. Like he's still in contention. He's at, if he's at six under, there is nobody that feels safe. Emilio Negrillo does not feel safe. If Justin Thomas is sitting at six under sitting at four under, you got to make up seven shots in two days. It's very doable, but it's much more unlikely. So um, to me, Justin Thomas has got to make another birdie coming in here and elevate that position, get back to five, six under and then i think you're really worried about him heading into the weekend if you're a leader brooks kepka is going to get a vacation in playa del carmen because he is not coming to back to play on the weekend two consecutive rounds of 71 even par not going to make the cut i mean i guess technically he still is an outside chance i don't it, it, the, the line's been moving from even to one under all day but this is certainly going to be on the uh the one under side i i would imagine here but brooksy uh not much to write home about through two rounds yeah disappointing um I think it's it's you can say it's not a great golf course for him, right? He's a it, it doesn't seem to be a fitting golf course. It seems like the shorter hitters, guys who have a little less spin on the ball, guys who have a little lower trajectory, tend to do really well here. Um, but then you look at Tony Fino, and he, I guess it comes down to you just got to hit great golf shots. So um, I, I would be uh, I'd be disappointed if I was Brooks Kepka. This is disappointing. It certainly is. Uh, I guess we won't see him again until. Oh boy. When are we going to see him? Well, next? Um, He's not going to be in the tournament of champions, right? Probably farmers or maybe Genesis would be waste management. Guess. Would he play waste management? 
yeah, he's a past champion there. That was his first PGA Tour victory. So right. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised to see him there. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him at, at um, I think he'll definitely play Genesis, Tiger's event. Yeah, and, and Tori is is like I, I don't know where they where they fall on the schedule, but Tori is usually what end of January, so that's probably they're early. usually back to back. Usually yeah. you go Farmers then Genesis. Um, right, I, you're probably going to get that again. Yeah, I would think so. Um, okay, let's look ahead to the weekend. So uh, you and Mark are going to break this down uh, tomorrow evening, but uh, you know, looking at some of the live odds for these guys, Emiliano Grio, uh, four to one currently on William Hill. Thanks to our friends over there. Tony Finau, five to one, Victor Hovland, nine to one. If you still like JT, he's at 12, you know, Joaquin Neiman is someone who's been hanging around this 12 or 14 to one number, uh, for the last day or so. Any of these guys sparking interest for you, Greg? Uh, I want to see, I, I think Joaquin Neiman is a guy that's sparking interest for me. He had a really nice yeah. round going as well. Um, and the thing that I like about Joaquin Neiman is he's inspired this week. Uh, mm. it, he's playing for, and he was at the RSM as well, but he's playing for his little cousin, um, who, who's going through a really difficult time. A baby needs some really expensive medical help. Um, so I, I think that little extra inspiration can spur somebody close to the lead. He's at six under right now. He's got one hole to go on his Friday round. Um, but I think I think Joaquin Neiman's a guy I'm watching out for tomorrow. He was the one that I mentioned last night. Um, he he yeah. has shown us he's done this a couple of times in the restart as well, where he can get super unconscious and have a really good oh, yeah. round, which uh, which is when you're trying to find someone who might be four or five, six shots back heading into the weekend, you're going to need a round like that. Right. How about this? Shout out Andy Ogletree who is currently just four off the pace. He's got a couple of holes to play. He's dealing on a Friday right now. I see him at 25. To one. Could you imagine winning your first professional start, Greg? Oh my God. The, we would be at fever pitch on Sunday evening. I mean, I'm sure there are people, players who have won their first professional start. I'm just not sure if anybody's done it on the PGA, on the PGA tour. I'd love to know. I mean, that's a, a Justin Ray special. That's a Jay Ray stat, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? All day. But yeah, it's great for him. I mean, what experience, no matter what happens coming in here, you're proving to yourself you can play. So I, I like, I mean, look, 25 to 1, great odds. So I don't hate it. Camilo Vajegas, another guy I'm I'm somewhat interested in. The, the play from the RSM is rolling over. So I, I wouldn't look past him. Yeah, the other 25 to 1 guy that I still think is incredibly interesting is Carlos Ortiz. Again, you, you kind of need someone who can go out there and just find something really, really low. Um, I would like, I mean, there's so many storylines. You've got the Puerto Rico curse. You've got Andy Ogletree trying to win his first professional start. You have Carlos Ortiz trying to go back to back, which would be the first time since I think Brendan Todd did it last year. Like, this is, I love this leaderboard. It's stacked yeah, up to be it, a good one. It is. There. It's really cool. There's, it, it's very exciting. And the six unders and, and even the five unders, it looks right now like they're way back and way out of it because you're looking at Grillo at 11 under. But if he, if he bogeys coming in or if he just has a bad round tomorrow, you, um, all of a sudden, those guys are only, you know, three or four shots back instead of, that um that that six or seven or, or however many it ends up being so with only one guy stretching the lead it it's not as scary you, you almost look at the pack okay nine unders the real lead unless if Grillo comes back to the field then he's back in the mix and if he runs away with it then there's no catching him anyway so you can almost look at it like you're three or four back if you're if you're um six or seven under six or five under i suppose 
There you have it. Moving day on Saturday. Greg and Mark will be back to break it all down. And then the whole crew on Sunday evening. Greg Ducharme, thank you very much for joining me. You can find Greg at the real GFD on Twitter. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.